Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Asbury, Methodist Village, and Montgomery County take senior living to the next level, creating extraordinary opportunities for a fulfilling future. Work your brain and body in our new wellness center. Stroll our expansive campus and 17-acre nature preserve. Stay sharp with our resident-run college and find so many new ways to get involved and make a difference for others. Anticipate more from your retirement. Visit asburymethodistvillage.org today. Your future's here. Equal Opportunity Housing Provider. Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Tool Shed. This is episode 137 of the Fantrax Tool Shed with Clegg and Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun episode in store today, and with me, as usual, is my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clegg. Chris, what's going on, man? How was the uh, Otani versus Acuna battle the other night? It was awesome, and Otani absolutely dominated the Braves, and it was fun, and then the Braves dominated Otani. He wore out in the, the seventh inning. I guess that... Atlanta humidity got to him, but uh, he had threw like 70 pitches through six innings, had 11 Ks, and then allowed six runs in the seventh. So it was everything that I wanted from a start because I, I told my buddy that I went to the game with, I wanted Otani to dominate on the mound, hit a home run, but the Braves still win. Didn't hit a home run. He did that yesterday, though, but uh, he dominated and we still won. We won big, so it was fun. Yeah, and your, your Braves are right there. You guys are like creeping right up on the Mets right now. It was half a game before today, and we lost today. So one game, and then I think they're playing right now. So, oh, the, the Mets got the Sunday night slot. Yes, they're yeah zero zero against the Padres. That's right. Yes. Yeah, and then my Red Sox decide to completely crap all over themselves. It, it's no fun when your favorite team allows twenty eight runs on your birthday, no less. Friday was my birthday. They allowed twenty eight. Freaking runs. I wasn't even well, I was out doing stuff with, with the family and kind of like a bad cell area. So I wasn't really paying attention to the game. Get home. It was in the fifth inning. It was already like 15 to three. And I tweeted, I that's so I, I tweeted, I'm like, oh man, this is great. Then they scored like 12 more runs in the next like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh my, this is ridiculous. But, that was insane. Uh, yeah. And then like this stretch, like a lot of local sports talk up here and, you know, Maine and New England were like, this is going to be a big stretch for the Red Sox. So, we had like 17 straight games against Tampa, Toronto, New York. We go four and 13 in that stretch. And I think we're, I looked, we're 12 and 29 or something like that against AL East altogether this year, including losing record against Baltimore. So yeah, losing Devers again, sales back out. JD's been hurt. I wonder if we're going to blow it up at this point, but 
we'll say trade deadlines in about what a week and a half or so August 2nd so a little over a week actually only like nine yeah. days away so we're getting closer but we'll probably have a nice little trade deadline episode at some point so what, what day of the week does the second fall on falls on Tuesday so you could probably go over it on our Thursday episode or maybe even do that episode a day early we'll see but probably a nice little episode there but today we got a, a fun one we're doing some dynasty buys right now we'll do uh, we'll go infield, outfield, and pitcher. We'll each give a buy. This could be like not necessarily buy low. Those these could, you know, I guess qualify as buy low, some of them, but just guys to buy in general, whether they're a buy low because they've had some struggles or an injury, or we just think that these guys' values is going to be higher, you know, two months from now, next year, whatever. This guy's the buy right now whose value should only rise from here. At least we think so. But before we get into the episode, the usual housekeeping. You can find us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I'm at AirCross04. And our show's at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon for extra content from both of us and our YouTube channel. And of course, check out all the other great work from the entire team over at Fantrax HQ, including our fantasy football draft kit. But still got a lot of baseball content pumping on as well. So go on full force with that. So check out that as well. All right. Let's get into it now. Let's start. Let's go and start on the MLB side of things. So we'll have six recommendations each on MLB and six more, not not each, six total on MLB side and six on the prospect side. Again, infield, outfield, and pitcher. Let's start, Chris, where do you want to start? Where's our outline here? Let's start on, I guess, pitcher is the first up here. Who is your dynasty buy right now at the pitcher position, Chris? I think it's Lance McCullers Jr. And there's, a, I think, some a lot of good buys right now because there's a lot of injured pitchers. And I think that's kind of the thing to look for when looking for a buy for a dynasty pitcher is you can look at guys that are coming back from injury. Now, there's a long list of them. Lance McCullers was one. Other other thoughts that I considered were Dustin May, who I think you're going to talk about, Tyler Glass Maybe. now. <laughs> Spoiler alert. There, there's a lot of good names of pitchers coming back. Freddie Peralta's one where I think you know, his performance kind of warrants that he could be bought low at this point. You might could go out and get Luis Severino cheap You know, if you're looking towards next year. There's a lot of good options, but I'm going Lance McCullers Jr. He had a career year last year, and he just had a rehab starting through 40 pitches, and he looked pretty good. Three hits, one earned, struck out three in two innings, double A. So I think he's likely back in a couple of weeks, if I had to guess. Throwing 40 pitches now, I think he'll build up, and he'll likely be back in the majors before long. Uh, but remember last year, just absolutely dominant. The injuries are always a concern with him. He did throw a career-high 162 innings last year, 316 ERA, struck out 185 batters, so very good season from him. And I think he's going to be back just fine. This is the time to buy. He's The more we see him in rehab, the more the stock's going to go up. And he's almost like a forgotten name at this point. So he likely gives you a month and a half of contribution this year. You know, maybe even a little more. I don't, it's hard to say for sure, but you know, the season does go into October this year, so that does open some more time for him to pitch. And you know, he's going to be fresh. And we're also talking about somebody who's you know, 28, so it's not like he's old by any means, even though he's been around for quite some time. He did debut at 21 years old, so it's a good time to buy Lance McCullers Jr. I think, and he's still the pitcher that we've seen in the past and that he you know was last year. I mean. You know, for all the ups and downs that he's had, he's a career 357 ERA, so pretty dominant there. You know, 750 career strikeouts and 671 innings, a lot to like in his profile. So, 
I'd be going and getting Lance McCullers Jr. in a dynasty league before you know people kind of catch on that he's coming back soon. Just still seems kind of quiet, you know, that his rehab began. So Lance McCullers Jr. is my my guy there. I just want to know how they're going to use him when he comes back. Obviously, he's a great pitcher, but they're already rolling out a six man rotation right now yeah. without him, and none of those guys have really you know warranted bumping out. <laughs> it's it's gonna, I don't know. I one hundred percent agree. I love McCullers. He's a great buyer right now. I'm just like I don't know how they're gonna fit all those guys in the one rotation. Obviously, I don't. Maybe Javier could bump back to the pen, but I don't know if they want to do that. Oda Rizzi, who I don't know. I, I there's no like clear cut. Like all right, boom, that's the guy to bump out. So yeah, it'll be fun to see how they they kind of work out that rotation. But yeah, I love Lance McCullers as well. He's kind of like similar to Glasnow. They added these the second breaking ball each last year, and really you know was so effective for them each of that pitch. So. Yeah, I like McCullers a lot. And yes, I will go with Mr. Dustin May. And yeah, I, I there's a lot of good dynasty buys right now at the pitcher position. Like you mentioned, you know, these guys that are hurt. Glasnow is a good buy as well. And and my one on the pitching side of things will be an injured guy. I mean, the prospect side for pitcher will be an injured guy as well. But Dustin May was a guy that we only saw five starts from last year. But in those five starts, which went 23 innings, he had a 38% K rate, just a 5.4% walk rate. 274 ERA, 0.96 whip. So obviously that's a small sample size. But basically what I and a lot of others were kind of clamoring for, he kind of did. He, he altered the pitch mix. He wasn't so sinker he- you know, heavy. He went 51.4% sinkers in 2020, 24.6% cutters. So that's 76% just sinkers or cutters. And yeah, he gets the insane movement on that sinker. You know, that's why you see all the, you know, pitching ninja gifts and pitcher list gifts on his sinker, but hitter, it, well, it's fun to look at and it makes for great tweets and, and gifts and all that. You know, good hitters will know that, all right, there's a ton of movement. And if he starts it off on the middle of the plate, it's probably coming in on, on a righty or away from a lefty. So they realized that and it wasn't a very effective pitch despite, despite being so, you know, pleasing to the eye. But adjusting his pitch mix last year, he was throwing more curveballs, just like a better all around mix. And that curveball last year, again, small sample size. But he had he didn't give up a single hit on it. Got 16 of his strikeouts on that pitch. It's a high spin, 3176 average spin rate on that, 45.2 percent whiff rate, and he was getting a 51.5 percent whiff rate on the cutter, which was averaging 93 miles an hour. Like he throws everything's hard, except for that curveball. Even that's a, that's a hard curveball as well. But I think if he sticks with that, I think he's going to be. Like he's I tweeted the other day. He's got top 10 fantasy pitcher upside if that Dustin May comes back. If he reverts to 2020, which was a lower, you know, that was back when he was a 19.6% K rate guy, 22.7 in 2019. You know, he's always had really solid command and control, but just really mixing his pitches better, not relying so heavily on that sinker, which he dropped to a 39.7% last year. I think if that early season, you know, Dustin May returns, then I think we're looking at a great buy. Again, Similar to McCullers, I don't know how much, I don't know if I have a ton of value this year. You know, Dodgers are going to really ease him back in. Maybe they'll use him as a, you know, long relief. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to use him. But long term for Dynasty, Dustin May is a great, great buy right now. All right, let's move over to the infield here. Chris, who's your guy? You know, this is a tough one, but I did decide to go with Spencer Torkelson. His value could arguably be the lowest that it ever will be in Dynasty. I mean, 22-year-old, first taste of professional, or not professional, but Major League Baseball, 
and he was bad. There's no denying that he was really bad. I mean, he had, in the majors, 197, 282, 295 slash. It's a 577 OPS. And for somebody that's supposed to have power, he had a ISO below one 100, which is bad. He had a .098 ISO. Just five home runs. A lot of discouraging things. But the contact was solid. You know, 77% contact rate is about league average. And an 86.4 zone contact rate is, you know, above league average. It is interesting. He, he did hit the ball on the ground a little bit more than he had at any point in his career. And the line drive rate was down. And I do think that was a factor in the batting average being down. It's the line drive rate was down. He also had a career low BABIP. I mean, the BABIP was 254. And for somebody that hits the ball like Torkelson, you know, the, that's a pretty low BABIP in my opinion. So he's an interesting case. Like, who is he? And I think that it's fair to ask that question. Like, who is Spencer Torkelson? And once dubbed the best college hitter of the last 10 years in his draft classes now kind of just looked like a failure. But I think this is normal. I don't think every prospect comes up and just tears up and lights up the world. And we were kind of spoiled with Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt has come on as well, but a lot of prospects have struggled and that's been the case the last couple of years. So Torkelson's the kind of profile that I do think will rebound fine. He's one where he doesn't swing and miss a ton. Mentioned the contact rates. So I'm on board with buying him. You know, while everything looks bad, this could be a great time to go out and get him at possibly his cheapest point ever because you just look and most everything in the profile just doesn't look great. But I mentioned he doesn't chase much. He hit the ball, you know, semi-hard. I won't say he hit it extremely hard, but he did hit it, you know, semi-hard this year. The barrel rate was okay, not great. But I do think there's plenty of room for him to really you know, improve. And I think now is the time to buy. This is always the best time to buy prospects when they come up when they struggle. So that is going to be the case for Spencer, Spencer Torkelson, and I'd consider going out and getting them in every dynasty league you can. Well, I agree with that. I, I, I don't know. I think I've just adjusted my expectations with, with Torque. I just, I was looking back. I wish I had, I should have pulled it up here, but looking back at like this century, there has, I think there's been like six or seven guys in the last 15, 20 years to hit 30 home runs for Detroit. And like a lot of that was Miggy. I think you had like a Prince Fielder mixed in there and Justin Upton for a year. It's just a lot of good names on the list too. It wasn't that they haven't had the guys. I just wonder, is he more like a, 23 to 25 homer guy there like we, we saw how it limited Cassianos how it's limited Baez this year I wonder how if it limits Riley Green as well and to maybe that's something we get a factor in a little bit more I don't know I'm struggling to figure out where I want to rank Torque but I, I, he's definitely a buy I just don't know don't buy him anticipating what we th- anticipated like six months ago I guess if that makes sense like, I don't know I don't think he's gonna be 30 35 home runs and hitting 275 but you know if he, he could be like a poor man's Alonzo, like 260 with 25. I think that could be definitely in play there. Still a top 100 guy, so yeah, definitely a buy. Uh, I'm going over to Texas here, a guy that actually was a late-minute sub in for my pick at this infield position. I'm going Corey Seager, so someone that started off the year very, very poorly. You know, was, I think he's getting adjusted to you know being in Texas. The power was still there. Like he had you know, four home runs in April, seven in May, four in June. But it was hitting 256 in April, 214 in May, 222 in June. But he's really come on in July. 80 plate appearances, 
seven home runs, more walks than strikeouts, nine to six with a 333, 400, 681 slash line. So really heating up as the weather is down there in Texas. And you look at his Savant page, and it's still very, very good. You know, stats are a little down from, from you know, the last couple of years, but overall, very good. Barrel rate, 11.2%. Average exit below 91.1. XBH, 288. X slugs, 538. So both well above his current 250 and 480 marks in those regards. 45.4% hard hit rate, 9.3% walk rate, 15.6% K rate. So all of those good approach and power metrics are still there. Obviously, he's never going to provide really anything in terms of speed, but he's one of the best pure hitters in the game. He's actually improved his zone contact rate from last year by nearly 3%. He's cut his whiff rate nearly 2%. So a lot of good things going on in this profile, and he's really starting to heat up, but when you just look at the overall line, yeah, he does have 23 home runs, but 253, 24, 480, I think you can still get him for a bit of a discount right now. And like I said, he's really come on here in July. I think we're on, I think we're in store for a, a huge, huge second half from Corey Seager. And then when I say huge, I think he could be, you know, a top 20 player, like rest of the way. He's got that. He's done it before. He's got that type of upside in him. He's still only 28 years old too. Like he's been around forever, but still only 28 Good age. You know, I think he's a great buy right now in Dynasty Leagues. Outfield, Chris, who you got? I don't know. I'm going Eloy. And, you know, this is another tough one because, you know, you just have to wonder, like, how injury prone is Eloy. Yeah. And that's, I think, the biggest question. mark. I think the skills are certainly there. And, you know, you probably wouldn't think so by his performance this year, but he's – yeah, it's not really worth mentioning. Just eighty-three plate appearance sample, and he's come back from injury. He's been banged up some since he's come back, but you know, I do think it is worth noting that this is a a good time to buy because one, the injuries, and two, the stats have been bad. He's you know two twenty-one average, two sixty-five OBP, three ninety slug, four home runs, and eighty-three plate appearances. But he is hitting the ball extremely hard. His average exit velo is ninety-three-two right now. He has a fifteen-point-four percent barrel rate. Again, it is worth noting this is a small sample, like I mentioned with the other stats. So the underlying metrics do look good. You know, Eloy's never going to be somebody that that walks a ton. He's got a 5.1% walk rate. The strikeouts are up a little bit, but I think it's a fair time to buy. I think that if he begins to really take off, which, you know, he's homered in back-to-back games now. He's had three hits over the last two days. So it could slam shut really quick, this buy low window. If he continues this, because Eloy was a big time prospect. He was a big name in the dynasty world when he came up. And so when he starts performing, the, you know, the buy low window is going to go, like I mentioned. So I would consider going to buy. He's 25 years old. There's still, you know, plenty of great things ahead of him, in my opinion. The contact has been pretty poor this year, but I'm not overly worried about it. I think that it could be, you know, coming back from injury, still getting in the groove of things. But, you know, Eloy is a, we saw, he was a 30 home run guy in, in his rookie year in his 504 plate appearances. So we know he has the monster's power. We've seen him hit, you know, for high average. I don't know where he settles in average wise. Even if he's a 270 hitter that hits 30 home runs, I think there's value in that, especially in a good lineup where he's going to score a lot of run and drive in a lot. So I would consider going to buy Eloy right now because the buy low window could shut pretty quickly. So, you know, the, te- the expectations should be tempered, as we said with Torkelson. 
But as I mentioned, I think still a 30 home run threat, no doubt about that. And I think he's going to hit for a, a reasonable average, not not a 300 hitter, but a, a good average at that. Yeah, I was just about to say, just I, I like Eloy as well. But yeah, similar to Torek, I think my ex- expectations for him have come down a little bit, but it's still, still going to be a very good player. I think he's kind of in that similar range. I do think, you know, sim- similar type of average probably, but I think he's a little bit more power there. Obviously, he doesn't get limited by his home ballpark. It's just been a weird year for the White Sox. You figure they'd be a lot better than they than they have been. But, you know, Robert's been doing pretty well, but he hasn't really been running a lot lately. So it's really been a weird year for, for that White Sox team. But, yeah, I, I feel like Eloy just needs to stop trying to rob home run balls and meaningless spring training games and injuring that shoulder. But my outfielder here, I almost went with Kirloff, whose name I actually put down originally. But I'm starting to, I don't know, the, the wrist injuries are concerning. I still think he's going to be a, a good average hitter, no doubt. This is a 280, 290, maybe 300 hitter. But you got to wonder, where's the power at? Like, you know, in a perfect world where he doesn't have any wrist injuries, he's probably a, I don't know, 23, 24, 25 homer guy. I don't think he's that was ever going to be a 30 homer guy. But, you know, low to mid-20s, maybe gets in the upper 20s, some years at peak. But with those wrist injuries, I don't know. Is he more like an 18 to 20 homer guy now? I don't know. I still think he's a good buy, but. My one here, and Chris actually is the one that I'm gonna I'm gonna say this before I, I do it. This guy was not on on my list at first. And then Chris is like, "Oh, you should go that, go with that guy." So I'm blaming this on Chris. So anybody <laughs> comes out here and says like, "Oh yeah, of course you went with that guy," Chris put the nugget in my mind, <laughs> folks. All right, Jared Kalanick. Yes, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm on brand, whatever. But hey, it fits. Like I said, you look at what he's done this year after he got demoted back down. You know, he was hitting 148 in April. This is in, uh, These are all in AAA. 148, 221, 312 slash line, 27 strikeouts and 68 plate appearances. That's not good. In May, you know, you know slasher comes up 263, 325, 500, but not, still not walking a ton, 30 Ks and 83 plate appearances, which is 36.1% rate. So still not good. But since the start of June, Slash line was 275, 320, 528 in June, 279, 380, 590 here in July. And then July, he's only striking out 19.7% of the time with a 12.7% walk rate. And last month, he struck out 23.7% of the time. So the, the K rate is coming down. Walk rate is ticking up a little bit this month. And I, I say this because... His value, I think perceived value, is just so low. We've seen two different stints of Kalnick in the major leagues. And outside of September last year, it's been an absolute disaster. Like, you take out September, and he's probably a career, like, 140 hitter or something like that. I think in September, he hit, like, was it 260 or whatever it was with, like, seven home runs and three steals. But as with, you know, Eloy and Torkelson, I have you know, adjusted my expectations with him as well. And by adjusted, I obviously mean lowered, but I don't think he's going to be a top 25 guy anymore. But I still think there's a top 100 player in here, a guy that can give you, I don't think there's 25 homer power. He's shown that in the minor leagues this year, he has 14 home runs. Like he's shown that that power is still there. Even when, even in the major leagues, he still had a pretty solid, you know, little power speed blend given all his struggles. He still has, in 123 career games, 17 home runs and 10 steals. So he's shown that he, I think he can be a 25 homer, 10 steal type of guy. But, you know, maybe he's more of a 250 to 260 hitter. But 
you, you add that 260 to 250, 260 with 25 and 10 and, you know, probably 80 to 90 RBI and, you know, 80 to 90 runs scored at maybe a little bit less than that. But the point is, I think there's still a top 100 guy there, obviously not top 25 like I once thought, but where his perceived value is right now, I think people look at that 181 average in 2021 and the 140 average from earlier this year and just completely write him off. But I, I think that would be, that would just be a shame to do so. He's a guy that it's, I think it's, a lot of it's in his head. He's in his own head right now, and he's already starting to make some adjustments in AAA. Yeah, we've seen that before. We got to see that at the major level, of course. But I'm giving him an, another shot here. Obviously, if I can get him for, you know, I think you can get him for a price like this, like outside top 200 value right now. I also think he's a top 150 dynasty value right now with the potential to jump back into that top 100 if he starts showing some improvements at the major league level. So good dynasty buy right now. So is Kirloff, but wrist injuries, yeah, still pretty worrisome right there. Where, real quick before we go to break, Chris, where are you at in Kirloff? Are you, are you kind of in that same mindset as me where still kind of like him, but, you know, where's the power at? Yeah, I think he's going to be, he's like a borderline top 100 guy. There's still a good field to hit. The power, I guess, is the biggest question mark. Like, what kind of power do we actually see him get to? I, I once thought he could approach 30. I'm thinking he's probably more of a 25 at peak. Like, he could go for more. And maybe it's going to take some time for him to get you know, the power back from the wrist. We did see him hit 10 in AAA and 157 plate appearances. So that's encouraging, but just three in the majors right now at this point in 139. So... Like I said, the contact's really good. He's going to hit for good average, but the power, you know, maybe 25, which I think we can live with if he hits for a good average. But, right. yeah, I think the expectations, you know, are a little bit lower than what's thought, which seems to be a trend with prospects recently. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Except for, uh, except for Witt and J-Rod, they've uh, yep. blown past expectations. Who would you rather have, Kirloff or Torque? Are you still Team Torque? You know, I might lean Kirloff, actually. I do, I'd too. Let's prefer they're the close. Yeah, a little bit. They're very close. Yeah. yeah, I think I would lean. Man, I wish I could just give Torque give Torque's power to the Kelnick. I'm not to Kelnick, the Kirilov. I think that'd be great. Yeah, but yeah. I think they're both back in top 100 guys right now. But yeah, I, I would lean Kirilov as well. All right, let's go take a quick break. Get a word from our sponsors. We will be right back. Support for Fantrax Toolshed is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. To join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code TOOLSHED at manscaped.com. Do you need new tools for your shed? You certainly do, and the Performance 4.0 package by Manscaped is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear, nose, and hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, the Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. I'm blown away by the performance and the craftsmanship of this trimmer. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight you need for your more, more precise shaves. 
because it's waterproof, you can say goodbye to that mess on your bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but Manscaped wants to take your grooming game even further with the new Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. It's also waterproof and provides a proprietary skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Below the Waist Deodorant and Reviver Below the Waist Toner will change the way you approach your daily hygiene routine. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts in the Performance 4.0 package, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping using the code TOOLSHED. That's right. Go today. Get some new tools for your shed. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code TOOLSHED at manscaped.com. All right, welcome back from the break. Let's hop over to the prospect side of things. Same format, pitcher from each of us, infielder from each of us, and an outfielder from each of us. So let's start with pitcher again. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to seem like a homer, but it's not a homer pick. So I'm going with an Atlanta Brave in Kyle Muller. It's interesting because the Braves have a solid five, but Ian Anderson has been pretty atrocious this year. Another bad start today on Sundays we're recording. And you just have to wonder, you know, when he could get the shot or demotion. Like, would could Anderson get demoted at least to clear his head and Muller get a chance? Muller's been extremely good in AAA this year. And he was even solid last year in his debut. But you know, this year he's kind of taken a major step forward. He's cut his walk rate pretty significantly in AAA and has a 31.5% strikeout rate right now. His ERA is below three. He has a 1.08 whip, and whip's always kind of been an issue for him because of the walks. 7% walk rate is a career low by far. Swinging strike rate is the highest of his career right now, 14.2%. So that's encouraging to see. Muller's got really good stuff. He's got a big fastball and slider. He mixes in a curve well. The command has just always really been the question mark. And if it's improved, then, you know, we could be looking at a changed pitcher. I mean, he was a big-time arm back in the 2016 draft. He was a second-round pick. The talent's always been there. And, you know, arms sometimes take a little longer to, to figure out. He's 24 years old. He's got a shot in the majors last year, and he excelled to an extent. He did stumble, you know, in some starts. And he was pretty brutal in his one start, you know, this year. He came up for 2.2 innings, but, you know, that's kind of a distant memory at this point. So Mueller seems to be forgotten about. And I think you can go get him for really cheap in a dynasty. He may even be available on your wire, but I just think that he's kind of the next Brave pitcher waiting to blossom. And the Braves have had a really good track record with developing arms, as we've seen. So I'm kind of in on Kyle Muller at this point getting a shot. And, you know, maybe the Braves bump Anderson. Regardless, I could see him. Maybe Anderson gets a fan of my Elston. I could see that too. But Muller's going to get a chance before long. You can't keep him down performing like this. And I think he has a chance to just run with the job. He's been so good. And if that can stick in the majors, then I don't see why he wouldn't, you know, continue to run with an opportunity here. So, you know, I'm all about that and see what he's got. I'd go get him for really cheap and dice. He may even be available on your wire. Yeah, I, I could see Anderson getting the old shoulder soreness or, you know, all those just general terms. It usually has the word soreness in it somewhere. Yeah. They'll, they'll pick a body part. Oh, he has a little knee soreness. It's just some 
reason to put him on the IL. I could totally see that. Uh, but yeah, he's it's so weird how bad Anderson's been this year. He, he hasn't been like terrible, but I'd say he's definitely underperformed expectations. But like, he hasn't been, get, you know, he's like a seven ERA. I think what's the ERA? You know, four, five, four, six, something like that. Or maybe is it, is it over five now? I don't know. It, I mean, it probably ballooned today. Let's see what he's at. Fun. Updated. I mean, he was awful today. He allowed five in the first inning. Ian Anderson is right now at 531 and a 1.58 whip. Okay. So those are, those are a little higher than I thought. So yeah, I could totally see him getting the bump out here, whether they move him into like a long relief role, clear his head, or. Phantom I was saying, yeah, Mueller has definitely been very, very good so far this year in AAA. And as I alluded to earlier, my pick here is an injured guy, a guy that we actually have not seen pitch since 2019, and a guy that only has 10.1 career minor league innings. But I continue to have an infatuation with this pitching prospect. I almost guarantee you go out and look at Chris's rankings, go out and look at James Anderson, Chris Welsh. You know, Baseball America, anywhere you want to look. And I almost guarantee they're significantly lower on this guy than I am. And I can see why, because he hasn't pitched so long, like I said. But Matt Allen is so damn good. Like, he has the potential to be a top 10 pitching prospect. And he's still only, he just turned 21 uh, back in mid-April. So, He's probably not going to pitch at all this year. They pretty much already said that. He had Tommy John last May or June, I believe it was. May or June, something like that. And then he required a follow-up, another cleanup. Uh, Nothing major, just a cleanup back in, I think, February it was. so, Which just prolonged it. So, again, he's still only 21. As long as everything goes according to plan the rest of this year and and through the offseason, he should be back next April. Probably They probably put him, I don't know, Probably low A, high A, but probably gets up to double A pretty quickly once he proves to be healthy. But this is a guy that has a mid to upper 90s fastball with good run on it, really big curveball. It's a plus curveball and a pretty solid changeup as well that, you know, has above average to plus, you know, characteristics to it when he was commanding it. And he was really coming to make some strides with that pitch. Obviously, you know, who knows where the arsenal is going to be at uh, when he gets back in 2020, you know, early 2023. After the layoff and you know, obviously the COVID season, he couldn't. He probably would have pitched during that. So Matt Allen, I think, is a guy that you can get for dirt, dirt cheap right now, uh, and then that's warranted with it, with the injuries and time time missed. But this is a guy that could really, really bounce back. And you know, say he gets back early next year and starts showing a lot of the the upside that had a lot of people excited about him in 2019 and 2020. You're gonna see him skyrocket up. So I'd go out and get him right now. Well, his price this probably is going to be the lowest his price is ever going to be. So great dynasty buy right now. Matt Allen from the New York Mets. Let's go over to the infield here. And Chris, who you got? Yeah, I'm going with Carson Williams. He really hasn't gotten the love that I think he deserves. First round pick last year to the Rays. Just turned 29. Sorry, just turned 19. He's not 29. <laughs> just turned 29. Yeah, I was, so that, that's what makes people want to go out and run around and buy him. Buy a yeah. 29-year-old prospect. <laughs> I was looking at the days on Fangraphs. He's 19 years old in 29 days. So he's, he turned 19 last month, but he's he's not 29 years old, just for reference. But he's been dominating this year. And you know, I think there were some question marks of what kind of hit and power he would get to. And I think the hit tool is showing average, which is is what we expect. 
but the power's really come along. And he has 13 home runs right now in 348 plate appearances. He's also showing good speed, stealing 21 bags, 362 OBP. So the profile is pretty well-rounded. He is striking out a decent bit, which is a bit of a concern to me. But at the same time, like he's producing the numbers and still striking out a high clip, which means I think that you know, things could eventually right the ship. And you know the strikeout rate has trended downward to an extent over the last month, which is encouraging. So even with the high strikeout rate, it's trended downward a bit. But I'm not overly concerned considering the age and really the first full taste of professional ball. He played at the complex a little bit last year, but not extensively. And you're getting good power speed output. You're getting solid average and you're getting high OBP. So if he begins to make more consistent contact, then, you know, watch out. He could really vault up ranking. So that's why, you know, I'm kind of encouraging to go get him. And, you know, I don't know what it cost. He's not really like a high talked about prospect. So I think you get him at a reasonable cost and you could probably see him vault up rankings before long, especially if the strikeout rate continues to trend downward like we've seen. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a good pick right there. I've been you know, pretty high on Carson Williams as well. And yeah, if that if the hit tool comes along, the carrot comes down, there's definitely some really solid fantasy appeal there with that power speed. He's a guy that's pushing top 100 for me in my rankings. So I like him a lot. My next player here, I couldn't decide. And Chris, if you want to go like multiple at the outfield, go ahead. I feel like I'm cheating here, but I could not decide between Curtis Mead and Warming Burnabell. So I'll I'll talk about them each briefly here. You know, Warming Burnabell, he's not a guy that has any, none of those wow tools you look for, but he's produced very, very well this year. He's currently slashing 327, 392, 521. Well, with 13 home runs and 22 steals and 315 at bats, you know, he's got some nice power. You know, he's a bit aggressive. He always has been. Like I said, there's no huge standout tools here, but he could be you know, above average across the board and he'll get that nice course field boost as well. So maybe a guy that is a, you know, 270 to 280 hitter, 15 to 20 home runs, 15 to 20 steals or, or you know, something like that. I don't think I'll ever be more than I think 2020's, you know, probably his peak here. But, you know, that could be boosted by cores. Said like I said, this year, 327, average 13 and 22. Won't even caught six times. He just got promoted to high A recently, about a couple of weeks ago, right before the All-Star break. And he's hitting 377, 400, 604 with three home runs, three doubles, and a steal and 56 point appearances there. So Looking really good. Still only 20 years old. And, you know, I think his, his value is getting depleted, or not, not depleted, but depressed, I should say, by, you know, people have that stigma around Colorado Rockies prospects. And I get it. But look at the the talent here. And he's a, a very talented guy that's rising up. He's I put him top 100. He's like around 90 in my rankings now. So he's definitely one that I like a lot. And then Curtis Mead just gets undervalued in general because, again, he's a guy that doesn't have huge power, but he's an above-average hitter, at least. He's an above-average power guy. They're going to add a little bit of speed. Is he ever going to be more than, you know, 18 to 20 home runs and, you know, 5 to 10 steals? Probably not, but if he's a, you know, 18 to 20 homer, 5 to 8 steal guy with a 280 or so average, like this guy's a career 304 hitter in the minors in 222 games. The 374 OBP, 517 slug, 
213 ISO, 32 home runs, 22 steals. You know, walk rates around 9%. K rate is well under 20%. This does a lot of things well this year. 293, 387, 534, 25 doubles, 13 home runs, 7 steals, 34 walks to 56 strikeouts in 313 plate appearances between AA and AAA. Where's he, where's he wind up? I don't know. He's played uh, mostly third, some second and first mixed in. That's kind of been the case for him most years. So he's primarily third baseman, but has played other spots as well. Hasn't played shortstop in a while. So it's probably one of those three spots, but that gives him some flexibility. I know the Rays love that. So where are those three spots? Does he end up? That's anyone's guess right now, but I think he could be a solid above average contributor at any of those three. I'd love second base. Who knows? The Rays have a lot of options in that infield right now. A lot of young players, they got to try to fit into that lineup somehow, some way over the next year or two. So maybe you don't see Mead this year. Maybe they just let him, you know, let him simmer in AAA for the rest of the year. But I think you see him at the latest early next year. I think he's going to be a very solid underrated guy for probably most of his career. So Curtis Mead, Warming Burnamel, my infield picks. Chris, who is your outfielder or outfielders if you want to add a second one in? You know, it's kind of baffles me that James Wood is still kind of under the radar. And maybe I need to move him up more. But I think James Wood could be a top 20 prospect by the end of the year. Man, I want to go 10, but there's so many talented in the top know, 10. Right? <laughs> He's just performing. You know, he was injured. He came back and, you know, he just seemed like he didn't want to be at the complex. He wasn't there long. He didn't perform. But daggum, he's been so good. He has a thousand OPS in single A right now. And, you know, everybody was concerned about the swing and miss. He has just a 17.8% strikeout rate right now and a 16.3% walk rate. So he's showing very good plate skills right now, good contact skills. I mean, interesting blend of power and speed and size. Like he's 6'7, 240, very like O'Neill Cruz's. Like he, I don't know, he may make enough contact to, to be that legit player. We know how crazy everybody went on O'Neill Cruz. And, I just think that Wood is still flying the radar. I mean, yeah, the power is going to be massive. He has seven home runs right now. In 202 plate appearances, the power is going to come. He has 14 stolen bases. He's only been caught three times. It's really fun to see. Four Near 450 OBP, a 555 slug. You know, everything in the profile just screams that he's legit. And I just think that he's getting ready to take off and the stock's going to soar. And I just don't think he's getting valued like he should. So I'm going to bump him up, and I would just say go get him before the value really takes off because I could see his value in stock soaring. Where do you have him in your update? Just just curious. I'm going to guess low. Th- he's in the low 30s. Let me pull it up here. Do, do, do. Hold on. I have it sorted to the pitchers for some reason here. Let me clear that filter. He is at 31. Yeah, so he's he's right. And I might move him up a couple of slots as well because you know, right ahead of him is like Brady House, Josh Young, Tristan Cassis. You know, not to give anything away here, but yeah, he's definitely in that. He's pushing top 25 for me. I love James Wood. Obviously, always been intrigued by him because he's just a big dude in general. There's always, you always got to get a little bit intrigued by them just by their size, but he's running He's a good runner for his size. I think that's a very underrated value of his game. Is he ever going to be a huge steal guy? Probably not, but I think he's a guy that could add at least, you know, some speed element early on in his career. And he's showing to be a much better pure hitter than I think anyone anticipated. So, yeah, I, I fully buy in with James Wood as well. 
Yeah, I mean, 30 in the 30 range is, is fine right now, but I still think he's talked about like that. And so, you know, I'd at least go throughout an offer and see what it costs to get him because, you know, what he's showing is really, really good. And I think it's worthy of, by the end of the year, if this continues, I will say he'll be a top 15 prospect. So, and you don't have to pay near that right now to get him. Yep. Could not agree more. All right. So I'm only going to talk about one guy, even though I put three on my list here, because I could pick, but I'll give honorable mention, I'll say, to Lazaro Montez from Seattle and Evan Carter from Texas, both uh, showing very good offensive profiles and are flying up my rankings. Carter's moved into like the top 60 range. Montez, both top 125 or so. But I'm actually go with another Seattle guy here. You know, Gabriel Gonzalez, who is having a phenomenal year in the at the complex level in 122 plate appearances, slashing 351, 410, 541, nine doubles, four home runs, three steals. You know, he's, he's a bit aggressive. He only has seven walks this year in those 122 plate appearances, but K rate has been kept in check right around 16%. He has 20 Ks in 30 games. And this guy is a plus power guy. And you wouldn't think so. He's listed at 5'10", 165. He's definitely bigger than that now. I don't know what, but he's bigger than that, both in height. I, I, if I had to guess, he's six foot 180. I don't know. Just totally guessing just off a video I've seen. But really quick hands, plus power hitter. He's shown that already. He's already getting some of that power in games. He had seven last year in 221 plate appearances. A lot of extra base hits, you know, a total of 39 and 84 games so far between the DSL last year and the Arizona complex level this year. You know, maybe he's, I think he could be an above average hitter. I've seen a lot of, that's like the one detractor, like where's the hit tool end up, but he's shown well with contact skills so far. I want to see him be a little more patient at the plate, but he puts the bat on the ball. Usually has, you know, good contact, drives the ball to all fields. And I think he's a, I think he's above average runner as well. Like he's very, very athletic. He's a guy that could be a center fielder long term. Still only 18 years old right now, but I think he's. It seems like every year you get a, a Seattle guy that just shoots up rankings. I'm not saying he's going to be the next, you know, J Rod, obviously, but you always see these big Seattle breakouts every year. A, they do a lot of good stuff up there in Seattle in terms of you know player development. I like that organization a lot. So I am. I think I might have Gonzalez top 100 by the update at this current point in time. Yep, I actually have him 99, so I did sneak him in there. He was 155 last update, and I think the all-around skills and what he's shown so far warrants a top 100 spots, and he'll probably be a guy that discontinues. He could be top 50 uh, at year-end, and I don't think he's getting valued there quite yet. So great buy with Gabriel Gonzalez, outfielder from Seattle. But that is going to wrap us up. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter, Chris at Roto Clegg. I'm at Eric Cross04. And our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And check out all of our written work at Fantrax HQ, Fantasy Pros, or over on our Patreon. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care. Hey! 
MEAC fans. It's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion?